Hi, this is Dr. Carl Goldcamp. If you're interested in learning about the ketogenic diet like I was to save my own life, then this is probably the podcast for you. Eight years ago, I knew nothing about it. Six years ago, it saved my life. Three years ago, I started researching and talking with some of the authorities in the field and attending medical conferences about this to understand why and how keto so dramatically changed my and my wife's Judy's lives. The purpose of this podcast is to share our journey of discoveries with you in understanding how keto is so effective in improving so many different conditions from obesity, epilepsy, diabetes, infertility, MS, Alzheimer's, heart disease, to name a few. So take a step away from all the hype you've probably heard and roll up your sleeves with me and join me weekly to explore this living miracle that anyone can access. We'll talk science, we'll talk food. We'll explore its history and evolution to today, which is that the sheer wonder of the ketogenic way of eating has changed untold number of lives, unlike anything before it. And in case I forget to mention it, please join our Facebook group, Keto Naturopath. Well, welcome to Eastern North Carolina in the autumn, in the middle of pecan season. So how do I know it's pecan season? We don't have a pecan tree on our tree, which they grow all over the place because our neighbor has a couple. And we see a squadron of squirrels that get the nuts in the morning, go across, eat them on our deck, and then I guess bury a few in the next yard over. So this is what a pecan looks like before. Somebody left it behind. This is what it looks like after. And they've gotten so habituated to this sort of freeway of pick up your pecans, stop by and eat at the gold camps, that I think they'll be asking for coffee soon. Anyway, what I want to tell you about the three phases of uric acid and how it really matters that you understand this because you tend, most of us that listen to this particular video are thinking that uric acid is kind of an esoteric sort of lab. What the heck? I mean, if I was to ask anybody around here, they go, who, what? Who, what? And so I know that you know more about that, but it's really important to see how did uric acid change through evolution? And obviously we can't go back millions of years and say uric acid with this was a certain way, but I can give you the context and that will really help you understand in checking in on your own uric acid level, understanding your own uric acid level, and questioning what things to, to change. So there's always a project, eh? One thing after another. So the first thing I want to tell you about is we went last week from pre, uh, we went to uh, Paleolithic time, and now we're going to shoot into what they call a Neolithic time. These are just terms I understand, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring you to 10,000 years ago. 10,000 years ago is what is called the agricultural revolution. And it happened in a place called the Fertile Crescent. Pretty interesting. Call it the Middle East. It's Iran, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Israel, and of course, Egypt. That was the Fertile Crescent. That's where what we claim, and we now have all the DNA to back it up and the archeological finds to back it up, is that where it got started. That's where we went from hunter-gatherer to farming into domesticating various animals. It's absolutely fascinating. It happened in this rather intense area and spread out from there. You need to know that area because that's going to come up a couple times in the story. So it was about 10,000 years ago. We shifted from meat-based, if you will, meat-fish-based, and maybe some fruits, primarily berries, and that was it, to growing grains, grains, and we have certain animals that are still there, of course, because they're here today. 
And the next phase is going to be when sugar showed up. Where the heck did sugar come from? Sugar came from Papua New Guinea. Irian Jaya, Papua New Guinea. If you know that part of the world, I'll point it out to it later. It came from there and it took a number of thousand years to go to China, India. By the time it showed up to the Fertile Crescent, the Middle East, it was about 700 AD. And from there, I'll continue. But that's the thing you need to know. We had three phases. We had the Paleolithic last week. We now are the Fertile Crescent where we have the grains, the development of all the grains and all these carbohydrates. Because what comes out of that? Alcohol. 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 Alcohol as a ritualistic thing to take. Alcohol as a kind of special after work sort of thing. And I'm not making it up. Absolutely. It was big time present. And then, so that's 10,000 to roughly six to 800 AD, going from the Middle East to Western Europe for the sugar to show up. So by the time of, let's say, Leonardo da Vinci, Columbus, Henry VIII, and they were all, um, they were all current with each other. They were all at the same time period, actually all lived at the same time. So two of the, three of those had gout. We're gonna assume that that's elevated uric acid. And it's questionable, we think that Columbus did too, but he had a lot of other situational circumstances. So these are the phases. Moving into agriculture, domestication, and farming for the grains and the alcohol to the sugar, and then the last phase is, I'll hold that, coming to it in a bit. So we have three phases. Why are they so important and why are they so interesting to you and trying to understand your uric acid? Well, when you have a kind of a diet of just of meat, and let's say of, of organ meat as well, that's pretty straightforward. We got all the variables covered, right? Well, then we come into the agricultural revolution, the Neolithic age, and now we have all these grains and alcohol is quickly discovered, not just from rotting fruit, but it's discovered from, you can ferment grains. Now they're getting pretty clever. Not only do they have wines and you have beer, but you now are getting into distilled alcohols. So that changes everything because your biochemistry, your biology, your metabolism really wasn't geared towards alcohol. That was kind of not a good deal. And so suddenly we have so much alcohol that that has to be dealt with. So we deal with that for about nearly 8,000 years and along comes sugar. Sugar, sucrose, sucrose, fructose and glucose, sugar. That blows it up completely. So three phases of uric acid getting progressively higher and higher. Initially it was a good thing and initially it was a good thing because it made fruit, when you had too much fruit and too much glucose, it quickly got converted to fat. And fat was the seasonal thing, right? Fructose is in the late summer and fall. We don't have anything to eat in the winter, remember? So you have the, the omega-6 from the grains as they started coming in, and you had the fruit, the fructose, and the extra glucose. So we're getting fat in the fall. We're using that fat in the winter, and then the spring we're out to hunt again. So the first phase was when it was just, we had grains. This is now, we're talking 10,000 years ago, going forward from the agricultural revolution. So now we're having grains, which is a higher 
glucose, uh, available on a regular basis now. And we're having alcohol. Look, okay, having alcohol, well, that was interesting. So we had alcohol roughly for about, oh, eight or nine or 10,000 years before sugar arrived, sucrose. Imagine that, 8,000 years, alcohol was there, it was getting very sophisticated, all sorts of wines, they were traded, there were luxury goods all over the place. And you had uh, all sorts of beers, you had all sorts of distilled spirits. It was quite robust, perhaps equal to what it is right now. So then along comes the discovery, like everything else was brought in that, well, there's this plant in Papua New Guinea, sugarcane. And so it gradually migrated over 4,000 years, migrated from the uh, East Indies, we now call them, right? The, that's, a, that's part of Indonesia, all the way over finally to the Middle East, the Fertile Crescent, seven to 800 years AD to get to the Mediterranean area and Eastern Europe. So now there's a whole thing of sugar and sugar becomes this huge specialty. I mean, phenomenal specialty. It was Middle East, it was Muslim, and he had the Iberian Peninsula, which is Spain now. That was big Muslim. So the sugar just rushed right in on the, with the help of the Muslims. And they were clearly in charge of it. Then it became Italian and, and Venice. And then it became gradually more and more part of Europe. And it finally got to the UK, England specifically, around the year 1000. Boy, hmm around the year 1000. But wait a minute, Henry VIII lived around 1500. Leonardo da Vinci lived around 1500. Columbus lived around 1500. Well, the first case of gout was back 5,000 years ago, 2,600 years ago BC, so about 5,000 years ago. So gout started well before sugar was even available, well before sugar was even available. So it was alcohol and purines there. The story was simple, two variables. And then it went on to alcohol purines, meaning animal meats, the sardines, the herring, the dried fish, the organ meats, and alcohol, okay? And then it became all of that plus sugar, fructose, if you will. But the next phase that's coming up is the phase of really the last 70 years. None of that that I've told you explains why have the rates of gout, or we're using gout as a surrogate, as a marker, as a vector for elevated uric acid, right? Elevated uric acid. So the incidence of gouts have gone nuts in the last 70 years. That's the third phase. The third phase, is a, as I've talked about in other videos, is the alcohol sugars. It is the uh, C8, the linolenic acid, the plant oils that are being used. And it's a number of other things that I've already talked about. But let's take a look and get to it. Gotta say it, the weather here is stupendous today. This is the last, we are the end of October. And each day is kind of precious and eventually it gets like the rest of the world, the Northern Hemisphere, cloudy and cold and you incubate for a while, right? You get fat like we did before and you feed on it through winter. No, not at all. So. The third phase is a phase in the last 70 years, and it's really become catastrophic for no less than the words. You know, it's like not only did we have everything they had before, we had the alcohol, then we had the layering of the sugar, which really torched the incidence of, of gout, and that's where we measure it historically. Those were reported. You know, it was the unwalkable disease of Hippocrates, as I mentioned. And so 
Now we're at a place of, instead of getting healthier, we have the omega-6s, which clearly are relative to uric acid. They are uh, keeping the uric acid boxed in. In other words, it can't be excreted out with the urine and the stool. That's pretty bad. We have the antibiotics. We have the, um, I can't think of all the different things now. Those are the two that on top of it, they had the alcohol, uh, sugars, that was stupendous. And so the reason I got into explaining any of this is not just looking for a topic, is because I had gout. You know, it was kind of vague, it was a gout, it was a pseudo gout, and then it happened again. And I go, I really need to look into this. I am not gonna be a person who's gonna have this for the rest of my life. And I realized, whoa, look what happened with the alcohol sugars. Look at these other things. I wasn't doing much in the way of omega-6, but omega-6 is in my food. It's in the pork, it's in the egg yolks, unless I have a perfect pork or I have the omega-3 egg yolks. I don't have that. Those are not available to me yet, but I will make that change as we get to it. It's my reality. So I'm not trying to say I live the perfect world. I'm saying what I had to do to find out about how is this happening? So my story was not about fructose, fructose. My story is not about alcohol. I hope I have some alcohol. I love the dry farm wines. Um, it's not about the omega-6. It hasn't been about antibiotics for oh, a decade anyway. So the story was harder to understand, but when it came to alcohol sugars, yes, I was using those. I was, we were using xylitol in a number of the things that we've put together. I'm mostly a stevia guy, but the things, and I loved organ meats. And so when I backed off in the organ meats and I stopped with the xylitol, those are the big pieces on my chessboard. They might not be with you. So I'm not saying it's not organ meats. I'm not saying it's not dietary protein, purines. I'm saying more than likely, if you're standard American diet, it's clearly the sugar the sucrose and the fructose story. So you will have a fructose story. If you're drinking a lot of alcohol, it's an alcohol story for sure. But for me, it really wasn't those things. So ongoing. Next time we're gonna cover what deficiencies most of us have that also add to raising the uric acid levels that haven't been discussed and then medications. Till next time. Hi, this is Dr. Goldkamikin for a brief reminder of something I completely forget to do at the end of every episode. You've heard me talk long enough in many different episodes, but what I would love you to do, and many of you have already done this, I just want to reinforce this particular behavior, which is to send me your questions. Send me your questions and anything you have about keto. If there's something that I don't know, I will look it up. And if it's something that intrigues me, I will probably make an episode, uh, a podcast about that particular topic. So what you need to do is to send me your questions at drgoldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. So that's D-R-G-O-L-D-K-A-M-P at K-E-T-O-N-A-T-U-R-O. P-A-T-H.com, Dr. Goldcamp at ketonaturopath.com. Feel free to join our Facebook group, which is also ketonaturopath.com. That's been growing lately. You also have to answer a questionnaire should you cho choose to join. And I don't ask for your email. I ask that you follow our terms. I try to avoid uh, advertising and uh, the obvious interruptions of a, just a good Facebook group. So hope to see you at one place or other. Please send me your questions. And uh, look forward to talking to you and getting to know you. Take care.